0: Today, we have one of my most special guests who has been on the show before. She is a retired marriage and family therapist, a mother to four wild women, (laughs) and is a port in the storm to so many, my mom, Cheryl Douglas. If you haven't heard us in conversation before, you'll find that my mom has a very humble way of sharing her deep wisdom and insights. And they're always served up with a side of humor. Because life's too short to take ourselves so seriously. (laughs) In today's conversation, we take a deep dive into what it means to love unconditionally without judgment. And I think you'll love what came forward. As always, it can be eye-opening if you're willing to take a look in the direction we're pointing. So without further ado... Here is the ever-so-wonderful Cheryl Douglas. Hi, Mom. Hi, Jess. How are you doing?
1: It's been a busy week, but I'm doing great.
0: That's good. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. We've missed you.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Anytime.
0: (laughs) So today I actually reached out to a very avid listener
1: oh. because,
0: yeah, um, because I knew she would really love to hear from you. Um, you know, I, I know that she, you know, really loves hearing from you in general. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought it would be fun to ask her, you know, what is it that you would like to hear from us talking? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, she referenced um, a a hotline call that came in from the rabbi that I played a couple episodes ago. And the rabbi talked about how do we get to a place of being able to love unconditionally and without judgment Uh um, more often. And yeah. he, he had brought up, you know, the way that he feels that he can love unconditionally yeah. and without judgment for his kids, you know, yeah. how, could how could he have that more so like for his partner, mm-hmm. for his wife. And uh, when I reached out to, um to, to ask, to ask, you know, our avid listener, what she would like to hear from us. She said she would love for us to talk, for you and I to talk more about that. Because in her experience, she's been married for quite a few years, you know, for decades. And she says, with time, as she's gotten older, she's been able to experience this unconditional, non judgmental love for her husband. And she said, I, you know, she was saying it may be idealistic, but seems to me that there's a potential for that to happen at any phase of life. But I know for sure, in my experience, it does happen with age. Um, But she kind of just wanted us to talk around that. And I thought that was fantastic. Are Are you open to talking about that?
1: Well, sure. With anything I know, and I'm ready to
0: be a student on anything that I don't know. <laughs> Sounds about right for me, too, so let's go on the journey together <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, so let me see here what kind of comes up for me first is let me ask you, what is your personal experience of um, and what is your experience in partnerships of 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 having that feeling? of non-judgmental unconditional love. Does it feel like it has become easier for you with time and with age or what, what what does that look like to you?
1: Well I think with more understanding about myself it's it's um I'm I'm certainly no I think with Father Greg I'd love What he said, there was so much of what he said in your podcast before, but it's, I truly know when I'm derailed out of my heart when I'm judging. And then the embarrassing thing, so, so embarrassing. (laughs) Most of any time I get into that judge part of me but it's, it's you know it's kind of it's got a um it's got a hat of what the judges go on and then that's a black robe so i can really get in the judge part of me
0: are you painting the picture of, of literally, been, literally being my a, ju- is, a judge <laughs> yes is a judge
1: and just kind of a with with that you know in the line in between your eyes looking at so when I'm in that part of me, then what I know is sooner or later, sometimes in the more moment that I'm off rails and into my judge, out of my heart, is that uh, it's usually my clarabola. It's mine. If I'm, I've got that whole thing about what is that? If you're pointing towards somebody else, your thumb is pointing directly at you. You know, that picture of it's kind of like a gun, you're pointing at somebody else, but anyhow, so then I start going into, well, that's probably something about me that I don't like about me. So it can be a growthful experience. So I just start uncovering of, well, what am I judging about me that I need to shift and stop judging about? Uh, it's not not about anybody else, um sometimes you'd like your partner to um change a few behaviors here or there usually for me it's not a character of somebody because that's behavior and character can be different sometimes we have bad habits whatever it is but but mostly this is when i'm in my full heart that is when there's absolutely no judgment of anybody myself or others because how can you judge? Everybody lives these different lives, and they are where they are, and that's about it. <laughs> I love it. That's about it. <laughs> well, if you have another question about it, I'll, I'll dig it Oh, little no.
0: In. Oh, absolutely. No, no. I No, I love it. Um, I giggle because I think it just reminds me of grandpa when you when you say little things like that. And that's about it. (laughs) That's all I have have to say. That's all I have to say say about that. About that. (laughs) (laughs) But what I think is so insightful and will be so helpful for everybody listening is that that's kind of a, that, that, that kind of flips judgment on its head when you consider that when you're judging somebody that you're actually chewing on something of your own, like you're looking at something of your own that you're not.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What did you say that you're not accepting or that there, but you just basically said it's your own crap that you need to work through. Yeah. Right. That
1: I need to work through and get settled with. And sometimes it's as simple as I'm in transition about doing it. I'm in transition about, about, um, about resolving something I haven't gotten there yet in myself. And uh, so I haven't problem solved that. I haven't figured out in myself. And, you know, you have to let those thoughts go and all that. But sometimes it's just something that I'm working on in myself, and I haven't resolved it yet. So that's one thing, you know. So then I, I'm judging it that I haven't finished it yet. I haven't gotten on my feet about it yet, or, or I don't have enough thoughts about it or then it's right in front of my face and I'm making all kinds of projections.
0: Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about this with a client the other day where she was talking about how it felt like this is what you're saying about, when we, when we're having judgment for our partners or, well, we'll just stick with partner or relationships. Right. Um, when we're, when we are in that place, that it, that it is just kind of uh, whatever we're looking at, like you said, is pure projection of whatever's going on inside of us. Exactly. I was saying this to a client the other day. She, um, she said, she said, I feel like there were lots of different people that are all going through big transitions in their lives. She said, they're all kind of questioning. Do I really want to be continuing in this, in my career or, you know, is the, is the career, the okay thing, but I'm wanting to change my job. She just said, everybody feels like they were, they're really in upheaval and, she was feeling really drained because she felt like she was needing to be like the energy plug for each person, you know, to make sure they felt okay. And the same kind of thing came up where I said to her, I, you know, all I said was, you know, it's interesting when I notice that there's a lot of the same story going on in, in so many different people around me. That's usually an opportunity for me to look at myself and go, is this, is that what's going on inside of me? Right. You know, cause you only can see what you're already living in the world of. Exactly. You know, you're all, we're always looking for evidence to support whatever is going on inside of us. Right. So, you know, so that kind of similar kind of thing where she went, Oh geez. You know, cause I said, you wouldn't have eyes for that if that wasn't also going on inside of you.
1: Exactly, that's, that's you, you said it beautifully because we we wouldn't, that, that's that's so well said, you would not have eyes for that. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking a moment. Yeah. Would not have, that's a beautiful way of saying instead of projection, you, w- you wouldn't have eyes, you would not see that. Yeah. Because you see what's going on in yourself and others. Yep. Sometimes you love it, sometimes you don't. Right. Mm-hmm. So the more you're at peace with yourself and you you understand that and you don't have so many thoughts about it, But it's true. It's amazing, isn't it? How the world triggers you, people around you. And the more you're closer to them, the more they might trigger you to uh, get into that. But it is true. I don't have any more to say. It It is true about how if you don't, you wouldn't have eyes for it.
0: Yeah. And the
1: things you love about each yourself, right? You've worked through, you really like about yourself, feel good about that you have, oh, I used to be there, but I'm not there anymore. Now I'm so much more peaceful or whatever. And then you also see that and that brings you peace. Yes.
0: So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. And that's the same. I've been feeling that, you know, I I noticed that even in my marriage with Mike where, you know, we go along pretty smooth. And I think it's because, you know, like we can each have our foibles, but it's been an interesting thing. Um, You know, I used to be, I honestly, I was the one that was more uh, judgmental and edgy for the first Mm -hmm. several years of our being together. And it wasn't until I realized that I just, I was kind of looking to him to fill different parts of myself that I wasn't, I mean, frankly, I don't think I was even aware of some of these holes inside of myself that I was assuming he would fulfill. And then when it didn't seem like he was fulfilling them because he can't, because nobody else can do that for you, but you (laughs) No. God dang dang Dang. (laughs) (laughs) you know um but yeah it's it's to me it's like when I started to realize when I started to before I go off track when I started to see that I would get so edgy with him and then it was my own stuff that I was kind of, you know, I just started to notice the things that I would say to him. And there was always kind of a a typical story to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, it wasn't until I realized that I was the one that was constantly saying the story and reacting to my own story. And he actually had nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> i'm I'm grinning at you because it's so true. It you were on your own stage, and he was just in the audience watching well, what's this? Yeah, right? yes, and he gives you such a wonderful presence. He's present, he loves you dearly, and he's stable as heck, and so whatever gone through? he just is there, you know, yeah, and right, funny. Yes. you one liners.
0: So funny. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's like these days because the because of that awareness that it is my responsibility to take care of myself. It's interesting because the things that maybe beforehand I would judge in him, I'm so much more lighthearted about. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost like the things that we kind of run into. Um, I can just, again, I, there's just all, there's only goodwill in my heart because I know it's my own, you know, I it's, you know, it's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just that I don't have, um, my eyes are so set on myself as far as my behaviors and having that, taking that responsibility that, Again, it leaves my heart wide open and, and it's our natural state to be in a state of unconditional love
1: mm-hmm. for
0: ourselves and for others. And so when you're taking responsibility for your own crap, all you're left with is that unconditional love feeling. As in my
1: yeah, because all those things, basically. Those things, basically, I think about Galen, my husband, and I think about. All those endearing things that he does, sometimes I see the socks on the back of the the back of the couch, you know, and I thought all of that stuff doesn't mean anything. it doesn't matter. It's in some kind of endearment place because of because I see it through different eyes. You know, and I wasn't really annoyed with it before just to kind of have glad of it, but most things that usually bother most people. Um, But it's true. I think that's the goal, isn't it? To find them endearing, whatever wherever they are, to find them endearing in some way because you're just focused more on um, evolving from your own stuff. And then so what's only left as just kind of an endearing thing for the other person. Like you said, a, an open heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What,
0: what has your experience been like? If, and maybe you've never even thought about it this, so go ahead and take the time to reflect on it, but. How you navigated conflict in the past. With, in, in, in other, in your previous marriage. Right. Versus how you navigate conflict now. What is that? What's the difference? I think that
1: how it is now is that we talk about stuff. Things that are really overwhelming to me that not not especially anybody's fault, but something that it's scary for me or needing to connect more or whatever, we will talk about it. And so I think that what's before is I felt helpless, I felt walls, I felt helpless. And um, and so because there was not a lot of discussion about deep things, you know. So that has been a safeguard for me. That's been one of those things that, you know, that it was so different to be able to feel safe. And he is, he's so much like uh, Mike in that way. He's playful. Um, He's thoughtful. And and he's present, except when he's on that fricking phone. He <laughs> loves the phone. <laughs> well, we spend time in the morning, every morning, putting down the computer and the phone and spending some time together just chatting about life and all the stuff that we're growing in and and stuff like that so it's 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 a really good connection that way so that's the good base to be in touch with each other what's going on from how did you sleep to anything that's happening in the moment you know and so that was, that was that's the opportunity to bring stuff up if it's going to bring stuff up
0: you know so it sounds to me like in in this marriage, you are, um, you guys are kind of on an equal playing field as far as you're you're a team and you're constantly coming together to get to know each other every day. Yeah, because it's
1: you know, who you know in the morning is not the same person. And I always said that to my clients. You know, people think that that you're the same person that comes in after whole days of work or even just doing different things That since i'm retired and um but it isn't the same person if you think about what's going on inside of them it is not the same person and so just the assumption uh because they have a whole day's worth of thoughts and dreams and disappointments and all those things so I, I just remember I really liked John Gottman and I studied him quite a bit and his whole thing is uh, was 20 hours a week. You have to have some contact. So whether it's 20 minutes of saying how the day was afterwards or it was um, watching a movie together or doing uh, reading together, it doesn't have to be face-to-face uh, contact for that long, but that's what it does, you know, going out to dinner together, that's what it is for that whole um, staying connected. And the more you're connected and feel safe, you know, because then then it allows opportunity to talk about things in your life. So,
0: yeah. You know, it just came up while well, you said that, which is wonderful. So I had the thought of what about the folks who are listening who feel that maybe their partner is buttoned up and isn't somebody who is a conversationalist or wants to talk or wants to share their insides then this other thought immediately followed up with that where i remember i would cuz mike really is quite a quiet person oh yeah i mean he's he's yeah. not but then he also is yeah.
1: Oh, it's a, that Galen comes on the cusp of the introvert extrovert extrovert exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm same. so much more social than he is. You know. Exactly. Well, I can say that when he's social, he's social.
0: Right. It's like when the lights on, he's on. The lights on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But what what occurred to me when I had that thought is what could be helpful for for people who maybe feel like you know, well, that's not my partner, you know, you know, um, anyway, what occurred to me was there was a period of time for me when I remember kind of wanting to jump into that immediate heart to heart communication connection with Mike, like right when he got home. Right. And this is kind of before I had any kind of sense of how we work inside and the understanding that we come from. But I remember I would take it so personally when I could sense that he was a little bit standoffish, right? And a little, you know, and a little bit edgy. Like he would answer me in short answers. He was just not very warm. So then I would kind of think like, how rude, mm-hmm. why, why are you being an asshole? And so that's the perfect, (laughs) that's kind of the perfect example, though, of what we started this conversation with, of that was my own stuff that I, it was my belief that it was as soon as he walked in the door, he was, it was time for him to turn on and be in connection with me. Right. And that's my own expectation that has actually nothing to do with considering Mike and the character of who he is and what are his, his wants and needs. Uh-huh. And I remember finally asking him one time, cause I was tired of, of being so personally offended by the way he was being. Like a personal,
1: huh? Yeah. Question or whatever it was. Yeah,
0: Yes. And I remember asking like, you know, what's your, what is your ideal? What does it look like ideally when you get home? And he goes. I need time to decompress, Mm -hmm. like by him, like not by himself in the house, but just, you know. Of course, saying hi and you know, you know, hope you had a great day. Like I'm not, I don't monitor myself or meter what I say to him when he comes home, but I understand that he would like to come in, take his shoes off, say hi, "Hi, how are you in a short way. And then I just let him do him, yeah. you know, and, and inevitably, and inevitably I can kind of sense after a little while that he's just kind of settled back in, he's, you know, into his, you know, now he's home and in mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, and, and then that's kind of when I might start asking more questions and he's more communicative. Yeah. He's more available. Really? Right. I've also learned about Mike that something could happen in his life and it takes him a couple of days to want to just bubble on it inside of himself. Mm -hmm. Like if I inquire, he'll, he'll, he'll share to a point, but in the old days, he would say to me like three days, five days, seven days after something happened for him, he would share like these details of, of some story. And I'd go, why wouldn't you tell me that I would have loved to have known what was going on at the time so I could support you or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and again, I would almost be personally offended. Like what am I doing wrong that he's not coming to me? Is it, you know, is, you know, I would just, I don't know. I would get into my own taking it personally until I realized, oh my God, that's just his process. Yes. Yes. And it's yeah. import, important for him to have that. Right. That's how he works. Yes. Do you find that it's been, what do, you, what do you think about that? About getting to understand how your person clicks and and, and the, the freedom that that has mm-hmm. the potential of bringing the relationship. What do you think about that?
1: I think so. that's really, it's just about the rhythm of both people. And I do think, that you do readjust to each other. I sat on a television show and I can't remember, but it was funny the way they said it. It wasn't especially funny, but I thought, oh, you form each other, you readjust. Um and and so the yes, it's like the the thing that's interesting for me with Galen is that because he's not as much detail as I am, like I used to say to him and I said it before, but I just kind of let it go that his, I really built a roadmap in my head when the client or clients would come in and tell me their story. So I would ask I would listen to the details and if I didn't think I was getting all the roadmap, then I would put in, I would ask to get that. And so I was really detailed because I wanted to make sure I could help and hear what they were really saying. And I kept telling every one of them, you're smarter than I am. I'm good with questions, but you have all your answers and whatever's getting stuck between you and now I say wisdom. I said, it's this beautiful inside that you just can't get right to once we get this stuff out of the way, self-judgment and all that kind of stuff. Anyhow, and so coming back to that, that he will tell me in, time, in two or three days, or sometimes it's a couple of months later, about something that's really detailed that wasn't a big deal to him. But then he kind of remembers it and finishes it, you know. So I said, wow, I would like to known that detail a long time ago. But that's kind of what but it's kind of like it's it's a if it's a big thing and he's really tired, then like he, when he rides his bike and he does all these different things that he's really quiet, not hungry, nothing. He's really quiet, sits really quiet. Um, but I'm like that. I mean, I, you and I will talk for quite a long time about a certain issue or uh, the podcast or whatever, and I'll say that I can't talk right now. I, I will tell you when, my, when I've recovered because it's, it's, a, it's a, a real strong connection and so it takes energy in the connection. So, um, or you can stop somewhere.
0: Yes. Yeah. So you're so saying the same thing. So you're saying that, um, so people kind of understand what you're saying, that when you have a lot of energy going out in connection, like when you and I have our long talks or, or mm-hmm. like doing this podcast, afterwards Mm -hmm. he will ask you so what'd you talk about how are you yeah and you'll say and you'll say i i actually just i i mean i can't talk i'm I'm out of juice yeah exactly
1: i'm so out of juice and yet it it recovers pretty quick and i'll say a few things after i've recovered more and then i share more the next day about just kind of things that we do because he's so darn interested in you and michael and and your sisters and everything that it's, he's so heart connected to you. So he wants to, wow, what's going on? Which is real sweet to me. He's just so present for it all.
0: You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Something that just occurred to me that um, I think is really helpful. And what you and I are both kind of describing is staying curious to understand.
1: Huge. Absolutely. Sets me back in the chair. I am so curious. I wear myself out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's like that is when you said that about how you work with clients, it's exactly how I work with clients. It's no Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly just curious asking questions so I can get more of a picture of what they're looking at to understand. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So now I can kind of help pull on some strings to undo everything. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that goes with everything, whether it's your partner, your coworkers, your boss. If, yeah. if the more that you can kind of just beca- start becoming aware of that judgmental voice and and honestly just not identify with it, you know you could see it and go, "Oh geez, I'm starting no. to get judgmental, yeah, that yeah. must mean I need more information, yeah, about myself yeah. or about the other person, you know, what do you think about that?
1: Oh. It's a, yeah, because you usually if you're judgmental about something else, there is a reason why they do certain things or don't understand certain things. And if you get the story behind it, you know, you stop being the Grim Reaper. Because <laughs> it goes from judge to the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yes, that's a sorry, sorry sight. <laughs> Nobody wants the Grim Reaper in their house. <laughs> but that's it. The curiosity, really? When you understand, you don't anymore. At least I don't.
0: Yeah. 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 Because even if, in my mind, it's like even if somebody has behavior, that doesn't fit for you. It goes against your values, um, you know, goes beyond your own boundaries, any of those kinds of things. In my experience, when you have an understanding of where it even came from, right. Um, then it just, it just opens up a whole world of possibility of of kind of falling back into heart connection and being right. able to kind of go, oh well now I see why you did yes. that. it makes sense. Because it makes sense. Yeah,
1: really makes sense.
0: Even if it's bizarre behavior.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. And in this world with all the chaos going on and and we're a where it doesn't matter where we are what what our beliefs are anything but it just it's it's so tiring but there's but people don't ask each other why they do certain things or how they get to when i was being trained all those years before i got into private practice never ask why is what came up so instead of asking why how did you get to that decision Mm-hmm. Can really help get that. That kind. That's a nicer way of, instead of why. Why is fine. You know, it depends on how the. But it's that. How did you get to that decision? will get you give you the information that they decided to do that. Yeah. So um, and I ask why a lot on things because I just do shortcuts. <laughs> Especially people that you know. You know. But um, yeah, just
0: like little kids, you said, (laughs) well, it's all right. Well, it's just like little kids. If you think about it, when they're trying to figure out how this whole thing works, all of us, when we were little, constantly, why, why, why does that, why do
1: you, (laughs) let me tell you, your older sister was the worst, (laughs) My, my mother said. Your grandmother said, "Just ask her what does she think." And I'm telling you, now she tells us all the time what she thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Exactly. Yeah. You Certainly know where she's at. Right yeah. That, you know. Anyhow, so it's a, But and it was so interesting. It was around two. Well, why? Why? Everything that came out of her mouth, I said, "Well, you do. What do you think?" And then she'd tell me. I love that. I know, isn't that a, it's? It was very because whatever I was saying wasn't as important because that was that wasn't fitting for her. So when I asked her why, then she say what she thought, and I said, "Well, that's good. Well, that's good. You you uh, can you can have ideas, you know? Yeah, really cute."
0: I have another client who was talking to me about her son who just, he's going to um, Montessori, which is what I went to, obviously. I, I loved it. I love it. Yeah. Me too. I loved it too. Mm-hmm. But you know, as it works, right? he He's now five. So, awesome. and he's kind of, he's getting into, I can't remember what grade that would be or, or if that's. That's uh, kindergarten. Like kindergarten. That's kindergarten, right? So he went from being with his little sister and being in more of the preschool age group and being the oldest. Yeah. Now been transferred. He's still on the same campus, but he can't even see his sister because he's kind of at the upper part of campus, right? Yeah. So he's now in like a different little building and he's the youngest. And the way Montessori works, right? You end up being clumped together with several grades at the same time. So I oh, think he's in there with yeah. up to like first and second graders in the same yeah. classroom. Right. And he is the most tender, just the sweetest, most just wears his heart on his sleeve, little kid. But she said, ever since he's been transferred to <clears throat> this next, you know, being now that he's this the, the small fish in a big pond, um. He's getting, he's feeling pretty insecure and he's, and he's kind of acting out a little bit, you know, he's, he's, he's getting kind of mean with, with kids. Mm -hmm. So how I kind of helped her navigate that is I said, well, because now he's starting to say he's a bad kid because I think it's to the point now where he has to kind of hang out with one of the teachers during recess for, for like a week or something. And so, yeah. I uh, know. So now he's, you know, he's starting to say things like I'm a bad kid or I'm a mean boy and to his mom. And she's like, Oh God, what do I do about this? Because he's not. Yeah. And this is just his behavior that's coming out. Right. Yeah. So I said, well, number one, which I think I I'm sharing this, I'm, you know, wisdom is guiding me to share it, but I think part of it is that it totally relates with working with adults also. Oh yeah. Um, that I said to her, I said, number one, you know, she could really see that he's really worked up inside of himself. Sure. You sure. Know, and and she had a parent teacher conference and the teachers were sharing how he's having a hard time sitting still and learning and stuff. And my, the woman, I, my client with, through all the work that she's done with on herself working with me and stuff said the most fabulous thing to her, to the teacher. And she said, I don't think until he feels more safe and, and settled socially, I don't think he's going to be able to do very well academically. Exactly. And I said to her, I said, well done mama, because what she could see is because the social part, which is so important to all kids. So huge, huge because that is so difficult for him right now. And he's starting to have so much, you know, and I shared with her, developmentally wise, five years old is literally when that concept maker comes online and you start to actually have judgment and believe it. Yes. About yourself. Yes. You know? yes. So she was like, Oh God, I'm so scared. I'm ruining him. And I said, No, no, you're fine. You <laughs> exactly. know, and I, I said, With what you shared with the teacher, I said, Look at fundamentally what's happening there that you did such beautiful work with, you could see he's so worked up inside of himself that there's no room inside to even, you know, hear new information, no bandwidth to even navigate, you know, having patience if, if he can't, if he's having a hard time learning, you know, so I said, number one, remind him that he is a good kid having a hard time. Exactly. Yeah,
1: there's his whole personhood is fine. He's just thrown into a completely different environment. Yes. Yeah, that's it. It's to go from the oldest, that can be more in charge in some ways, to the youngest, where everything is as big around him and he he isn't in the same role, is really throwing. Yes. Really throwing. he will be more flexible when he gets used to it, but it'll be a while. You exactly. Know? It'd be neat if the teacher were to ask him about just about the difference for him and really get into a trusting conversation with him, you know, build a lot of trust with him. Because yeah. I mean, you've got a little wise person in there. Exactly. I mean, look, at how much, look at how much we all fuss about transitions sometimes. And the, even though we grow from it, um,
0: it's not easy sometimes. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it is so important to remember that for any any of us. Like when I was sharing this with my client, she was like, my God, I could even be thinking about that, about my husband when I'm feeling like I want to strangle him. You know, <laughs> oh, no, he's a good person having a hard time. Exactly you know? Yeah. It's so, it's, it's, it's so helpful to, to have that be the come from. Yeah. Um, And then I told her, you know, I said, then validate his feelings, mm-hmm. tell him, you know, I totally, you know, just like what you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, tell me about your day and why was it difficult and, and say, I could totally see how that would be hard. And yeah. I said, because when we feel validated, when we feel seen, it helps our jets cool inside.
1: Oh, it does. Calms you down. You have the connection because you're seen with that other person. Yeah. And I think that's the whole, isn't that the whole thing about relationships, seeing our children, seeing each other. It's truly about being seen. And really, when you see the other person and and they see you, then there's less judgment also. There's less judgment.
0: Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I remember I said to, well, I'll finish my story with my client. My last piece was just that I said, and once his jets are cooled, ask him, what yes. do you think could be helpful for you to... Mm-hmm. What could, what, how do you, what do you think would be helpful for you to, to, to reach out to, you know, Susie on the playground that you've been wanting to be friends with, Mm -hmm. or how do you think you could ask your friend for the soccer ball to play soccer with him, as opposed to just taking it and running the other direction in hopes that he'll run after you when, you know. Yeah, because you know, that's kind of where his behavior is right now. Right, and she said, "God, I never even thought to ask him about what he thinks he could do differently." And I said, "Yeah, because he knows it's his world. Yeah, he, he doesn't know that him. he knows. Yeah, he's the only one that knows.
1: And once he understands that he's being seen and cared about, then he'll come forward with more stuff like that. And that that's a that's a really gift to problem solve yourself when he gets older."
0: Yes. What could
1: I do about this situation? Exactly. And not feel so
0: helpless. And uh, and be mad because you feel helpless. Exactly. That's, That's what I was thinking too. It's so empowering because, you know, now, you know, I said, fast forward to him being 16 years old and he's at a party where things are going on that he doesn't feel right about. He will feel empowered to, to tap into himself and go, what do I want to do? Do I want to stay and be around this or do I want to go? Right. And he'll feel the freedom and the, and the sturdiness to be able to leave and just say, this isn't the right fit for me. I'll see you tomorrow at school. Right. If that's what's, you know, as opposed to the peer pressure and what's possible there.
1: It's interesting because Galen said that he was surprised one time when there was a lot of drinking going along with his friends. He ended up being at a, a place of uh, with some really close friends uh, drinking a lot. And uh, somebody asked, um, in fact, I was a, I was a Yale leader with him. I think they call it cheer now, but I was a Yale leader with him, David, in high school. And... Uh, and somebody asked David, and he's something, and he said, "Go over and ask Galen; he's the Christian here." And he said it surprised him. Galen said it surprised him because he was making a decision not to get all. Um, he he didn't go to a lot of parties because of the of the alcohol, and and he said, "I just didn't. That wasn't important to me at that time." And it wasn't like they couldn't have a choice to do that, but he said that just wasn't important. More, um, more connected talking. More, you know. And he said he spent half his life like that, even when he was in the air force. That they, oh, let's go have a you know. And they said, why don't you ever come, McGord? And he said it's just just not my path. but It's not my you know just to sit. And so he would relax doing something else, you know, go skiing with himself, go, you know, whatever it was to to, re, to relax. And So I think that is the, it's kind of that you can, you can march not to your own drummer um, because that isolates you, but mar- he said, march to a different drummer, you know, so that's that whole thing about kind of knowing yourself and being able you to know, problem solve. And what, 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 what do I do? I want to stay here. Do I want to, or uh, I want to be more social? You know, I want to be able to belong. But do I have to do everything else everybody else does to belong? You know. But it, it's a wonderful thing to ask a young person. I just remember I go back to the story a lot, and, and and that whole thing about when you were two. And you said, I need your mom. You were sitting on the couch and I said, how do you need me? And you said, I, I want you to come over here and sit down and I want to stand, sit on your lap and I want to put my hands on your cheeks and I want to tell you, and I want to talk to you about things. Just talk to you, I just want to talk to you.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I, that's, and it was amazing. And it was a simple, how do you need me? How specifically? So that was two years old. And I, I it was one of those things that I have no idea why that came out of my mouth. <laughs> but you were, how specifically? Yeah. You told me exactly how you wanted it. And then it was such a wonderful time together. It wasn't hours and hours. You know, little two-year-olds are chatting about their lives and what's going on, and then they're gone. So it was, but the moment of really being seen—I think that's what you were had. You know, because there's always things to fix and wash and dry and this and that and busyness. You know, so it—it it was such a wonderful thing to me. And so that's—you've been doing that all your lives. <laughs> I love it. And you ask everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> but it is about turning inward and knowing yourself.
0: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And to bring that back around to the relationship idea, you know, and the initial question that was brought to us and how the rabbi had said, you know, there's this unconditional love without judgment that we have for our kids And then when it comes to our, our relationships, it's, it it can be different. And I think like what you just talked about, how you, you know, because of that kind of natural, unconditional love feeling that we have for our kids, Mm -hmm. you know, I, at two years old was like, you know, saying that I needed you. And you didn't even bat an eye to go, okay, well, how, and it's like how, you know, that is also possible within our relationships as adults, right. You know, it's, it. that's where it kind of goes back to that curiosity of, you know, coming from what's occurring for me to say right now is, is you know, it is so helpful to understand moods. Mm -hmm. It is so helpful to understand that we all have kind of the same script that happens over and over again when we get into a low mood. So the more you start to notice that in your partner, you know, like my script that I get into when I'm in a low mood is typically around, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm cut out for running my own business. It just seems to be, you know, I have moments of it's really easy, but then it seems to get really hard and maybe I should just, you know, go get a normal job. And Mike used to try to f- help fix it or convince me that that wasn't true. And until I when I mentioned this to him where I said, "You know what I'm noticing is that all of us human beings" have the same script that we go back to when we're in a low mood might be there's There's a few scripts that we pull from, <laughs> but we typically kind of go to the same script and the more you can notice that, then it's helpful. So that way you can have that understanding of, Oh, they're in a low mood right now. So what can I do just to be supportive to just, you know, again, that's that validate their feelings. I, the,
1: yeah. The, it's uh I call it a fallback. Yeah. That's my fallback. Yeah. And so so but wasn't it cute when you asked Michael about that? Do I sound like I'm always fussing about something? And he said, "Yeah, sometimes." <laughs> this is a little different than what you're talking about. Yeah. And he he said well, how is that for you? And he said, "Well, I just feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it." Was, well, and he didn't take it on. But that's a little different than what you're saying. Is that the fallback is that we get start getting um, going into ourselves? And you, I like it when you say feeling insecure. Yeah. Or or like everything's too big. I I talk about it. Well, I've just hit the age of three. And everything else seems just too much,
0: you know? Yeah. yeah. And then
1: I know that it's time to rest. Give it a rest. Give your head a rest. Give your thinking a rest.
0: Yes. You know? Yeah. And since I have said that to him, when he notices the same script coming up, he doesn't engage with my stories. He literally just goes, I'm sorry. It is a hard path you, that you're on. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it melts, it melts all of my story so quickly because I feel seen, I feel validated. And now I'm back sure. into feeling sturdy to move forward. Yes. You know, and it's, and that's also, that's falling back into that unconditional love that we can yeah. have for our partners, no matter what's going on. You know, it's like when we don't get hooked into their behaviors and you start to kind of see, oh, that's what happens when they're in a low mood. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like how I told my client about her kid, you know, I'm not saying you have to do this for your partner, but when you get into that place of, you know, remembering they're a good person having a hard time. Oh, and here comes that script, you know, it's, you know. Uh, colleagues of mine that, that are in the, that do this same work. They work, you know, it's a husband and wife and they work together. And the husband's low mood script when he's feeling overwhelmed and insecure is he turns to her and he goes, I want to divorce you, but not in in marriage, but in work, work life. He goes, Mm I want to, I want to divorce this. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh And she said, she used to jump in there and be like, well, this is what we've built together. And what can I take off your plate to make you feel better? And and all of this stuff. Uh-huh. And then when she realized that's just his go to fallback script yeah. when he's in right. a low mood, she goes, yes, Oh, right. now I just go, Oh, you know, man, I, I understand it's hard. I'm so sorry. What do you need to go to take care of yourself? And it just melts away. Oh, know? yeah. It's
1: just so validating. The undernight. The underlining thing about just, it's real hard right now, that melts. It's interesting. It's never on top, is it? It's usually listening with a third ear.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? And not responding to what you're listening to a lot, but listening to what's underneath. Yeah. What is it? It's in Murphy's Romance when he tells her to take a different tact. Oh, Remember wow. At their end? He tells her, take a different tact, Emma, you know, and so she comes around in a different way. And I was thinking that that's what it is. You take a different tact. After whatever you've done forever, it doesn't seem to, they still come back once in a while to that.
0: Yes, yes. You need
1: a rest away from it all yeah
0: Mm.
1: could be 15 minutes yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah wow well this has been a wonderful wonderful conversation we kind of went in different ways i hope i hope it was helpful for folks that were you know yeah and you know kind of considering this but i think it's just for me and then i'll ask you what you think for me it's it's having more understanding about how you work right, as the person, you know, kind of understanding your own moods and, and, and your own judgments and kind of taking a look at that about what is it that's missing inside of you that it's time for you to take responsibility for, to pick up for yourself. Right. And then, you know, and then remembering that fact that we, every one of us is, is good inside just having a difficult time with whatever is available to us in the moment. You know, we're right. trying to resource our intellect that is full of so much crap that gets us confused. Right. And so, you know, so it's, it's, um, it's again, having that understanding about your partner that, you know, just starting to kind of see them objectively where they're at, Mm-hmm. And then feel into the moment of like, what what is, you know, I don't know. I, I think without getting into more detail, what's helpful, the biggest thing truly is, is like when you remember they're a good person having a hard time, that immediately makes you fall back into a, a feeling of goodwill and, and love for the person, no matter right. what's going
1: on. Exactly. Yeah. Because that becomes the most important. Anyhow, it doesn't matter about the rest as much. You know, yeah,
0: is that kind of what what stands out for you that you would want to do like a little cliffs notes note about what we just talked? Is there anything that you feel like is important to be a standout takeaway for people?
1: Well, I think that, and I love the thing that you said. I hope this is a question you're asking me. But when you said, you don't have the eyes for it. What's that thing you said? You don't have the eyes if it's not a part of you yourself on the judgment. You don't you don't see it in somebody else. So it's more about a judgment of yourself. Yeah,
0: that is really important. So that I remember when I first brought this when I first brought this up to you before we got on today, you said that was like, it plopped out of your mouth so fast. You're like, Oh, anytime I'm in, I've, you know, from what I've learned of in my marriage is, you know, it's like anytime I'm in massive judgment of someone else, it's my own crap that I'm not looking at. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that's a huge takeaway for people. It really flips it on its head because every you feel so out of control when you feel like it's constantly the other person. And how am I going to try to have them change their behavior? Right. Take it off their shoulders. Put it right back onto yours. I know that sounds like that could be (laughs) a (laughs) thing. But at the same time, it's so much easier to navigate when you go, okay, well, what do I need to take care of myself to feel better about this?
1: Yeah. Isn't Isn't that the truth? And if you don't want to take responsible in the moment, just be quiet, take a breath until you feel like it. Being yeah. responsible for God's sakes. And a lot of times I am taking responsible. It's responsibility for whatever it is that I haven't resolved it in myself. And But I just haven't resolved it yet. You know, so sometimes okay. it's in the works and it just comes up to a peak once in a while. And then that's when I, you know, only pretty pretty much when I make the peak and I'm looking out of, you know, the Grim River. <laughs> 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 more of the in a kind of way it's more of the judge with the the You know, and it just it's not about getting rid of that part of me. It's just about accepting it. Oh, and thought, here's my thoughts again. Let them go.
0: Yes. And it's it's so huge to even share with your person or your partner or hell, even a coworker if it feels right. right. If that's if that's the person that you're having an issue with, you know, you're allowed to say, I'm working on this. Right. I'm not the greatest at communicating or I'm not the greatest at telling you what I need. I'm not the greatest at asking you what you need. I'm not the greatest at not judging you before I even know the whole story. But I want you to know I'm working on it. Yeah. Again, that makes you fall back right into such a loving heart connection.
1: Oh, it's exactly right. I know the doctor that I go to, she's, she's. you've met her. She's. She's a wonderful lady. And she and I get laughing at our own foibles. One, <laughs> she said, "I'm real, I'm real, um, I'm real clear that I'm really working on not." Uh... <laughs> she said, "My kids are older, so when I when I holler sometimes, because I think I've said what I need to say at least twenty times." I said, "Boy, that sounds familiar." and she said and then i just shoot to the moon and they're all older and they say is that necessary and she said so right now i am i am really working on changing my voice and that we were laughing at each other so hard she truly is a delight because she just open about this t- yeah t- t- <laughs> So she is so priceless to me. So
0: it's, and it's fun because, you know, it's in, in my experience, when you notice something like that, where like, you know, like your doctor saying, she's okay, I'm going to try to just change my tone of voice when I deliver in my delivery. Right. Then just having that awareness in and of itself, when you're about to kind of explode and then you're like, oh, wait, I'm trying to change my delivery. (laughs) It's amazing because it kind of stops you in your tracks and, and allows for you to kind of, I mean, it's such a quick,
1: different direction. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's not like you then are like working hard at packaging this explosion (laughs) into a smaller explosion. It's like that moment of pause allows your brain to kind of choose how to even, navigate what is it that you're actually needing to say and it comes out very different when you give yourself that moment of pause
1: yeah isn't that the truth yeah I just think I you know we need to pause a lot (laughs)
0: yeah we all do
1: (laughs) that's what the granddaughter my uh second granddaughter said um so that would be your niece uh huh, and she said, "Sometimes I just need to walk away and get a breath, calm down, and then come back and just discuss." Brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? That's- so simple,
0: so brilliant.
1: Yeah, just wonderful. So, and that has to do with you, you know, too. Just being, just chatting with her off and on. No,
0: yeah. So before we go, before we go, I have to ask you one last question that I ask at the end of every interview. Yes. And you can answer it however, whatever bubbles up.
1: Yes. I hear you say that a lot. No, God.
0: (laughs) You're going to make me cry. I'm going to make you cry. So, mom. Yes. Yes also known as the magnificent Cheryl Douglas, who has helped so many people in your career. Oh, don't
1: say uh, that. <laughs> I love them. That's all I know from my end of it. That's what I can say for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't respect that they even show up at the door.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. But here comes the question. Okay. So mom, in all of your years, what moves you?
1: I want to say everything. I'm a passionate nut. Sometimes it's exhausting. (laughs) Um, If I was going to say What moves me the most is when I see in myself and others the capacity of love. capacity of loving. We're all capable of it. Sometimes the love comes out in different ways with kicking the butt to somebody or that I'm worried about because I love them so much. I told you you made me cry all the time. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Um, But the the in spite of that sometimes love isn't real soft in general but getting back into the heart most of my behavior comes out of loving and i see that in others the capacity to love if that's a good part of me i'll hold on to that because i sure can see it in others
0: I think I think that well, as per usual, you have rendered me speechless, so I think that's a good place to stop.
1: (laughs) Put the cherry on top of the young. The yummy fudge sundae. Yes, it doesn't matter who you're talking to, because it does go makes you go inside. About what you value, huh? Yeah, I don't need to say anymore. That's all I have to say about that.
0: <laughs> That's so beautiful, Mom. Yeah, pile of tears. Thank you so much for coming back on the show and for talking about such a meaningful subject.
1: Yes, anytime. Anyhow, anywhere, you got me. Always.
0: I love you, Mom. I love you too. Bye, honey. Thank you for listening to What Moves You with Jesse. Let's stay connected. You can find more ideas and strategies on being human on my Instagram at What Moves You with Jesse. Sign up for my newsletter or learn more about working with me at whatmovesyouwithjessie.com and please rate and review the show and let us know what you think and what resonated. I read every single review. They mean so much to me. You can also call in on our hotline with your thoughts on what resonated there too. It is always live at 818-646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. What Moves You with Jesse is produced by Mike McGraw and Tinker City Music. Now, let's take a deep breath and give ourselves permission to live in this moment for what truly moves you.